My name is Lex, and this week on Spidey Signals, me and my co-host Alex discuss John Watts' Spider-Man Far From Home, the menace of Mysterio, and what comes next for our favorite wall crawler. Get ready to step up, because it's time for Spidey Signals. Welcome back to Spidey Signals, the podcast where two guys with the same name talk about Spider-Man movies. I'm Lex. And I'm Alex. Uh, last week, we had our last guest of the season, uh, Alex's friend Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talked about uh, Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame. Uh, and uh, Spider-Man wasn't really in those movies. <laughs> He, he was in what? Collect, what did we say? Collectively, ten minutes, a dozen minutes, maybe. Yeah, ten. Yeah, maybe twelve minutes. Not a whole lot. But uh, we watched him and we talked about him because that's we, our job. Because the 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 events of that are important to what happens in this movie. Very, very important. Very much. They're sort of at the at the heart of it, uh, which makes sense. Uh, but yeah, this week we are talking about Spider Man. Far From Home. Uh, This movie was released on July 2nd, 2019. Uh, I keep thinking that was last year, but it's 2021 now, so it was two years ago this movie came out. Uh, That feels so far away. (laughs) It feels like... (laughs) It feels so far away, and yet no time has passed at all. Uh, It was directed by John Watts once again. Uh, it was written by Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, who worked on Homecoming, uh, and as I said before, wrote the Lego Batman movie. Mm. Uh, but it's just them now. The script wasn't as heavily punched up as Homecoming's was. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just gonna say this right now. My hot take: uh, I actually like the comedy in this movie a lot more. It it's, works. Uh, it works. I, nothing in my head like gl- is glaringly like pointing at me as like, oh, remember this one? Ha ha ha. Which is good because those ones do like stick in your head sometimes. Specifically, I'll get into this later, but like the fucking uh, the teachers, uh, Martin Starr and JB Smoove, they're so yes. fucking funny. In yeah, this movie. yeah, they they add a lot of um, a lot of good alleviation without it being too like I don't know immersion breaking. Um, personally, I, I know I'm like talking about like the fucking end of the movie already. I really like the subtle comedy of like reanalyzing the entire context of the movie with knowing that uh, the shield agents are scrolls the whole time. Yeah, it's a great like. Oh well, that makes a lot of the, yeah everything that happened so far make a lot more sense. That's funny. Yeah, it recontextualizes stuff. This this movie, I will say, this movie gets. I I would say this movie gets better the more you watch it. Yeah, it's it's um they needed something like this to follow up uh, Endgame with, and we got exactly this. So that's good. It, it's a movie that feels really big, uh, but it's really small. It's a great it's a great after dinner mint. Yes, it's really small in scale. Like you think it's this whole big world ending thing, but no, it's just a guy who's got a bunch of drones. <laughs> uh, that's really what it boils down to. Yeah, it's a it's a Wizard of Oz type thing. Speaking of the Wizard of Oz, uh, wait, what? Uh, <laughs> This movie stars uh, Tom Holland as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, Zendaya as MJ, Jake Gyllenhaal as Quentin Beck slash Mysterio, Jacob Batalon as Ned Leeds, 
John Favreau as Happy Hogan, Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, and Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury. Uh, the movie is once again by Michael Giacchino, another banger score. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I like I like the love theme that he does. I like the Mysterio theme. I like how they all come back yeah. at the end. Good, uh, it, good stuff. Nothing bland, you know. It. I, I can't remember the Mysterio score off the top of my head right this moment, but uh, it, it. I, I really enjoyed what they did with this movie. Um, God, I can't keep. I know I'm bringing up the amazing duology like years after the autopsy we've already done on it, but yes. like it, it, it blows me away how like wrong that. A, a group of of people can get uh, a Spider-Man score, and then how one guy can be like, "No, how about you just try and do it this way?" the the rule The rule of thumb is just don't have any members of the Smiths on your team, and you're fine, I guess. <laughs> and they even got the good guy, the the good one yeah. from the Smiths. Yeah, yeah, just none. Just play it safe. None, none of them. Of course, nothing will ever. I don't think anything is ever going to top uh, the Danny Elfman stuff. But Giacchino oh, yeah. does a very, very good job here. Oh yeah, totally uh, this movie had a budget of 160 million dollars, so even less than Homecoming. Uh, That's surprising. Yeah, the effects look a lot better uh, than Homecoming. There were some spots where it looked kind of funky, especially uh, in the fairy sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this movie had a box office of 1.13 billion dollars. Hey, uh, as of the recording of this episode. Uh, it is currently the highest-grossing Spider-Man movie of all time, uh, mostly, I guess, because uh, they re-released it like they did with Endgame with extra footage, uh, which I lovingly refer to as the Watts cut. <laughs> Suck it, Snyder cut. We got the Watts cut first, and we didn't have to jump through hoops for it either. We didn't have to jump through hoops. Uh, I actually, all those scenes are like compiled in a, a special bonus feature on the Blu-ray. Uh, so I busted out my copy of the Blu-ray and watched that. Uh, it, it it takes place like right after Peter and Ned have their very first conversation. It's really early in the movie, but I will talk about those scenes when we get there. Yeah, please do. I actually haven't seen those. They're good. Uh, yeah. Alex, do you have any personal experiences with this movie? I sure do. Um, I was living in Iowa at the time of the release of this movie, uh, unfortunately. Uh, sorry if we have any listeners in Iowa, but I... Fuck I you, Iowa! I can sympathize with your current situation, and, and fuck you, it's January of this year. Um, with that said, we have a great little movie theater in Muscatine, where I lived, called The Palms, and it had this wonderful, spacious lobby, it had an XL screen, and I caught probably... So least to say at least two dozen movies in the time I lived in Iowa uh, over that few year period. And this was one of them. And I really enjoyed it. Um, this was a good movie theater movie. Um, it is more, more so than homecoming. I think um, it did felt very, I don't know. It felt like kind of a return to form for me in the moment. Um, I felt very much like I had just seen a Ray, a Ray me one kind of in terms of, <clears throat> yeah, this one's this one's a lot more comic booky. It's a lot more bombastic, I think is a good word for it. And, and I think um, yeah, it's all it's all Mysterio. It's what he brings to the table. I like the direction they stepped in with this as opposed to Homecoming. Um but yeah, I did catch it in the theater and I enjoyed it very very much. Um I do want to say like now that we're in this era or well, I guess we're like at the present pretty much but like something i like a lot about movies coming out currently as opposed to like when the amazing duology was happening i'm so glad that we're done with 3d movies i, I that, 
that trend was so so like annoying to pay two extra dollars for a ticket to like strain your eyes for no real reason for you know i I think i think the last movie i saw in in theaters that was 3d was like the force awakens yeah me too i think (laughs) go see endgame in 3d thank god we dodged that bullet did they even Uh, did did they show endgame in 3d i don't know god no god they did not uh what about your personal experience with this film uh yeah i remember being really excited for this movie uh, this is reason enough that I can remember pretty clearly my thoughts and opinions. I was super excited from this movie from the start because, as I've said in the past, Mysterio is my favorite Spider-Man villain. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited for them to see what they would do with this. Uh, I really liked that the angle that they went with, uh, with having him like pretend to be a hero, and like they really pushed it in the marketing. It's like we're doing a different interpretation. It's like, no, you're fucking not. Uh, but not in the slightest. Uh, it is very much, it reminds me a lot of his debut issue in uh, ASM 13, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. where he pretends to be a good guy, and J.J. and Jameson is like, he's way better than that hack Spider-Man. And he's got like uh, an effects background there, too. Yeah. They, they, cha- they change a few things in the, uh, for Mysterio, but it's, it's still very, very close to uh, what it really should be. He's not like a special effects guy, but it makes more sense, especially in this world. Uh, having super high-tech holograms like, oh, that's Stark technology. That makes more sense. Uh, But, yeah, I saw this movie, I think, twice in the theater. I saw it with my dad, and then I saw it with my mom. Mm. Well, the family that Spider-Man's together. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I I bounced between them. Uh, But, yeah. I really liked this movie. (laughs) No, it's very good. It's very good. It's very good. Uh, All right. So, Alex, do you want to take us through the plot of this movie? Of Spider-Man The Far From Home. Yeah, let's do it. All the way from um, home. We start out not with, with Spider-Man, shock to say. Uh, usually we don't. Um, but rather in a, a city in Mexico where we we start right off the gate with uh, Nick Fury and Maria Hill. Uh, it's what, eight months after Endgame it's been? Do, uh, do we have it to us anytime? I think, I don't know. That's the figure I found online because I don't remember it being stated in the movie. But yeah, it, it's a bit, it's apparently been eight months since Endgame, since the unsnap. Yeah, because Peter uh, had to go through the whole school year again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll get there. Um, Nick Fury and Maria Hill are in Mexico arriving to investigate an area uh, where it was reported a cyclone with a face had torn through the city. Um, they get there and they encounter what we're introduced to as an elemental, uh, specifically one that can manipulate the earth. Um, you know, we, we, we get some action sequence with it and stuff. Um, a rock monster. And Fury and Hill are met by a man in a, a super suit named Quentin Beck, who helps them fight off the earth elemental. A man with a funny fishbowl helmet. Do we want to talk about the Mysterio costume now, or do we want to talk about it later? Hey, we might as well. It's it's here in front of us. Let's uh, talk about it right now. Uh, this suit I, sucks. I love it. Um, when the MCU started in 2008, um, there was still a very, like, I don't want to say, like, dated like aspect to it but we still very much were in a period of like america fuck yeah fuck you middle east tony Stark's <laughs> gonna blow up with a rocket you know what i mean yes so it, 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 we're very lucky we didn't get like tacked a cool iron man and we got something like design wise that still works in 2021 um 
The first so, Iron Man does sort of feel like a late stage Bush era movie where people were really disillusioned with the war. Sure, sure. But with that in mind, I'm so glad they didn't try to make Mysterio like tactical. Like they, I, I really am glad with how they handled Vulture. Mysterio yes. even more so. I feel like Mysterio manages to walk that line even straighter of like being true to the comic, but also being modern enough and like it lore wise, universe look wise enough it passes. Yeah, it's like it's like when I talked about way back uh, in the Spider-Man 2 episode where it's like walking the line between looking good in real life and also being true to the comics. And lots of the time uh, suits fall off that tightrope. Uh, yeah. but this one really works. Uh, I, like I said, I really love this suit. It's basically trying to make a suit that seems impossible to adapt uh, and then making it work really well. And like the whole idea of it is that like Mysterio is supposed to be like a manufactured hero. So like they put in all this effort to like make all these like weird buttons and dials and lights mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. these shiny things that like don't really matter, just look gaudy and stupid. Uh, but that's the whole point of it, is that it just looks like a, a dumb superhero costume. It, just uh, it looks like the illusion, yeah. It looks like a superhero. I haven't watched the show, but it looks like something somebody on the boys would wear. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's a good descriptor, yeah. Uh, but yeah, in between the uh, recording of the Civil War episode and now, I actually got the Far From Home art book. And there's there's whole pages pages of designs on what they could have done with Mysterio. There were there were whole different stuff. This obviously skews a lot more toward the, the original Ditko design, which looks really really great. Uh, but they had like big like Hulkbuster suits or like stuff that was even more closer to the comics or uh, stuff that made him look like a spaceman in a hazmat suit, like Buzz Lightyear. It was really weird. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm glad they we're able to find something that does walk that like line of modern sensibility with like the comic influence. That's not it too gaudy. Good. Very good. So yeah. Um, Quentin Beck is introduced to us in the film and, and the shield agents. And we cut from there to uh, back to the set piece of Midtown school of science and technology where uh, we're getting the, you know, morning announcements again from Betty Brandt and uh, the other guy whose name I'd never remember to write down. Jason. Yeah, Jason something. Not a, not a regular Spider-Man character that we should give a shit about, I guess. Um, I like that actor in Bumblebee. <laughs> I've not seen Bumblebee, actually. It's good. I, I heard it was all right. I'll, I'll check it out. Throw it on the list. Uh, more, you know, daily school news report bullshit, which I always love in these movies. Um, That's good. But we get a quick in memoriam dedicated to Tony Stark, Steve Rogers, Natasha Romanoff, and Vision, which like it makes it does make me laugh a little bit that like now every person in America knows like who like Vision and Black Widow are like by name. Like, <laughs> I love that it's like, like a super blurry picture of Vision. Name. Yeah, it's really it's, funny. It's really great. Is it Comic Sans again? I don't remember. Yes, it's Comic Sans. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um. We, yeah, we get a quick. Uh, you know, school news stuff. Uh, Betty Brandt recaps the events of the snap, or they call it the blip. Uh, yeah. As opposed to the snap in Endgame. Uh, I wonder if that was a Sony thing. Uh, I don't know. I guess nobody really, nobody told them that, oh, hey, it's because Thanos snapped his fingers. Yeah, it might not be like totally, completely relevant day to day knowledge. But, yeah, you know, it's just maybe, like, oh, Thanos maybe, killed everybody. Who matter? It doesn't matter. <laughs> As you know, as far as everyone knows, half of everyone got dusted away before returning to life five years later. In the exact I mean, same place. <laughs> I love the the sequence with like the, the marching band showing up it's and really stuff. Funny. Um 
yeah, some of their younger classmates have now surpassed them physically in age, which is like weird all around for everyone. Um, Peter, uh, we, we get our, you know, Peter and Ned uh, intro scene in the movie here where they discuss uh, Peter's plan to win MJ on whom he has officially like developed a crush on at this point. Um, yeah, they just kind of jump to that between movies. I, I OK, um, I really only have three issues with this movie. Two of them are kind of nitpicks, and one of them is like a bit more structural. And this sure. first nitpick that I have is that Peter's attraction to MJ is really sudden. Yeah, it's just kind of it, it just kind of happens. They it's don't like really I like MJ anything. now. It's like they hinted at it at the end of Homecoming, but they didn't really elaborate on it. But even just a barely a hint. Yeah, they they. I mean, it's not like they had a whole lot of opportunities to elaborate on it. Of course, of course. Uh, and but and the just... and the. And the rest of their relationship in the movie is really, really great. Uh, but it's a weird way to start. Yeah, the the start of the pacing is odd. The rest of it is fine. Yes. Uh, they are all collectively prepping for a upcoming class trip to Europe. Uh, and Peter hopes at some point on this trip he can find an opportunity to tell her how he feels. Uh, from there, we get... Uh, was there a, a deleted... Was there a scene there you wanted to talk about? Yes, the, after... Yeah. After Peter and Ned have their conversation, uh, it goes into the deleted scenes. Uh, they were all in like the trailers and the TV spots. I don't know if they cut them as like f to like fake people out or just because they wanted to trim the runtime down. This movie isn't terribly long. It's only about like oh, yeah. two hours, five minutes. It's not super Something long. Like that, yeah. uh, so I don't know why they cut them because they're all really good scenes. Uh, it's mostly just a montage of Peter doing stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, he buys uh, a dual headphone adapter at the bodega for his plan. Uh, he sells a bunch of his Star Wars toys <laughs> at a pawn shop so he can buy the necklace for MJ, which is a good little Peter moment. Sad that they cut it. Uh, and then, uh, oh yeah, he goes to the DMV to pick up his passport. There's a little scene with the spider drone. Uh... And then he has an action sequence where he takes down uh, a little crime family. And they're all really good scenes. Peter's quipping, having a good time. But yeah, I think, I think the, the scene that I really miss the most is the one where he sells his toys to buy that MJ necklace. It's a, it's, it's a good little Peter moment, and I'm sad that it's not in the movie. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to seek that out because those sound really good. Uh, I've still only seen the theatrical cut, I suppose. Yeah, and, the, and, um, there's a, and the cops... After he like stops the crime family, the cops are like, uh, "So are you in charge now? Like, are you going to be the next Iron Man?" And he's like, "No, I got shit I got to do." No, I'm fifteen. It once again established like the the whole the whole point of this is that that question that Peter people keep constantly asking him is like, "Are you the next Iron Man?" And it's like the next Iron Man is not literal you fucking goons. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not what that are you, means. Are you spiritually the next Iron Man? Yeah. Um, so from there, from all of that, uh, we transition to Peter attending the uh, a fundraiser as as Spider-Man uh, with Aunt May there to um, support and hand over the check to Spider-Man at the fundraiser. Uh, I think here we find out she got blipped, too. Is that what yes. that? Yes. Um, they meet up there with with uh, Happy Hogan, John Favreau, always a treasure in these movies. A true king. Uh, who appears to be like flirting with Aunt May? Hmm. Um, th there's I I I love the 
the awkward tension here because like they they know what they did they made aunt may young and viable they they had to be like okay here's the aunt may's dayton plot uh, yeah and like i'm not horribly upset about it because like aunt may is like crushing on doc ock in the first annual yeah it's like it doesn't it, like who fucking gives a shit about aunt may's love life yeah just make it like a, an off to the side joke like this this is handled perfectly but, well. but it's like people are mad because it's like oh dude she would never do that after ben and it's like dude, she tried to marry dr octopus do you guys not remember that shit <laughs> you use the word never use the word never when talking about spider-man because some dumb shit has happened she Spider-Man. tried there was a whole issue where he tried to interrupt the wedding of the, him and doctor of her and dr octopus mm-hmm. do not mm-hmm. pretend like this is a new thing um happy gives peter a heads up that nick fury is going to get in contact with him shortly which he does like immediately and peter ignores him because he has a million other things to worry about without yes. nick fury trying to get him to do nick fury shit uh he returns outside as spider-man to talk to the reporters but they again do more overwhelming of him with questions about becoming the new iron the next lead avenger yeah they overwhelm him with questions like are you the head avenger now or uh what are you gonna do if aliens come back and he's like i'm not the head avenger uh this is not my wheelhouse does anybody have any like neighborhood questions or whatever and then he like has a panic attack a little bit which i think is a really good scene uh this movie does a lot of the same things with Peter's character arc uh, that they do in Spider-Man 2. And I, I like that it doesn't retread any of the stuff that the first movie does. Like They don't do the mm-hmm. Spider-Man No More thing because uh, it was already done really well in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, this movie doesn't have any of the problems that I have with, with Spider-Man 2. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, All of the problems that I have from that movie are just been whisked away. People talk to each other like people in this movie because is, Zendaya is a good actress. Yeah, and and uh, and the many writers of the script supposedly have spoken to a girl. Where I do not know that the writers of the amazing, or rather, where the Raimi movies have. Um, so from there, uh, Peter's class heads out for the trip. They depart, and uh, Peter chooses to leave his Spider-Man suit behind to enjoy the vacation and not get caught up in you know everything and be a be a friendly neighborhood spider-man and may packs it anyway yeah he has another little moment with may uh she calls she calls his spider sense the peter tingle which i think is funny yeah uh, a, lot, a lot of people think it's uh like people get really bent out of shape about it being referred to as the peter tingle actually i know i've i've, 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 I've seen people, a lot of people that you've been out of shape about really that. really upset about it it's like dude pick your battles it's like you were talking we're talking about a fake thing called spider sense are you we really <laughs> These are the same people that were like vehemently like, well, we haven't seen it yet. Any spider sense. It's like we've seen it in like every movie so far. They just didn't say, wow, my spider sense is tingling. So, wow. Calm down. Calm down. Uh, Yeah. Another. This is my other nitpick that I have. Uh, I really like that May is super cool. That that May knows and that she's really cool with it. Right. Uh, But I wish we could have seen her reaction to it. More than just uh, the, the the mid credits or whatever. More than just the mid credits. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think here here is my I read this on Twitter like a few weeks ago, but uh, it's been stuck in my head ever since. Uh, I think they might be saving it for the opening of Spider Man Three. Uh, like they open with that scene, like them having that conversation, because like Kevin Feige has talked about how that's like one of his favorite Spider-Man moments, and he really wants to put that in, in the movies. So like, why would he skip the middle meat of it? 
Right, right. Uh, so I th- yeah, I think they would open with that with that discussion that they have, and then cut into present with Peter on the run, uh, with people knowing his identity now. Uh, I, 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 it would it would work really well. Check this space when Spider Man Three comes out. Who knows? Yeah, and he's uh, I almost forgot he's got uh, Ben's uh, suitcase. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's fun. That's a good thing to notice. BFP. Benjamin fucking Parker. <laughs> <laughs> the big fucking Parker. The big fucking Parker. So uh, the students are chaperoned by the incomparable Mr. Harrington and Mr. Dell, uh, Martin Starr and J.B. Smoove. Class act performances in this movie. Unsung heroes of this movie. Really, really good I, stuff. I am constantly thinking about when he, when they get on the plane and he's like, I'll take the third ship. I'll take an Ambien. <laughs> I like... Um, I, I like how they decided to like play the humor of the teachers in this movie, like off the first one. I really like that line in Homecoming about like how we can't afford to lose a student. Not again. You know, I, yeah, I mean? we, I, I read that. I wrote that down. <laughs> we didn't talk about it in the episode, but that line is also really funny. But so I, I like how they decided to keep that like element of it and roll with it even more in this one. Yeah, it's good. It's just and, a bunch of two fucking idiots going on a school trip. And of course, they 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 have Flash Thompson there, too, with this version of him, who is uh, a big Spider-Man fan. Man, but still a uh, complete you know asshole to peter and yes. a fun ironic spider-man kind of thing as always. i recently i recently rewatched the grand budapest hotel which uh yes. is another yes. movie another great movie with tony revolori in it uh and yeah uh, tony revolori is good i like him in these movies he's a good actor he's he's good at getting under your skin in these movies oh yeah he's good at being a, a, a shithead gen z kind of bully yes um on the plane Peter tries to get Ned to swap seats with him so he can sit with MJ, which uh, only causes Ned, rather Ned causes Mr. Harrington to take Peter while MJ has to sit next to Brad Davis, one of the children who did not get dusted and grew into this like handsome Chad of a dude who's played by an actor who's like 30. Yeah, that's very noticeable. I I caught on this watch. Yes. Uh, uh, is, is he straight up really like 30? Because that's really I think he funny. is. Uh, let me see. Uh, he is 35. He could run for president. Good God. Well, he's Australian, so he can't. Oh, no. Well, thank God for that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, Brad ends up sitting next to MJ, and Ned ends up sitting next to Betty with another, which is the start of another uh, funny subplot. Yeah, they, they start a, a brief romance there. Uh, while Peter has to go, you know, fuck off and sit where he sits. Uh, and everybody arrives in Venice, Italy, for the first uh, cultural stop of the film. Uh, they're in a, a kind of subpar shitty hotel. And the Hotel DiMatteis, named, named after J.M. DiMatteis. Uh, mm, mm, I didn't catch that. Good writer, writer of Craven's Last Hunt. Of course, yeah. Um, I actually only read that arc for the first time like two years ago. So um, did I. Craven's Last Hunt, good comic. Oh yeah, really good stuff. <laughs> I would love to see them try to do something with Craven one day, and I would love to see them cast somebody who isn't Jason Momoa, who is the most fan casted person of all time for Craven oh, the Hunter. Well, since we since we've talked about Craven the Hunter, uh, number one, I hope he's in the next movie. That'd be fucking dope. It would make perfect sense. It would be. Um, and I've talked about in the past my my gamer brain fan cast. Uh, you get Vigo Mortensen, Kirby the Hunter. Yes. Oh my God, that he'd have to bulk up a little, but I think he can do it. 
you get you get you get like Vigo. Like there's a picture of like him like promoting something. Uh, I think it's like promoting Eastern Promises. Uh, he's got like mm-hmm. this like huge mustache and looks fucking awesome. He'd be perfect. Yeah, no, I I would absolutely buy him. Uh, I just I want anybody but Jason Momoa to be honest with you. I don't need Craven the Hunter to like raise his eyebrow and be like, "Oh, what's up, Spider Man, dude? I'm gonna <laughs> kill you." Permission to come aboard. <laughs> uh, Peter attempts to get closer to MJ during all of this. Um, we get a lot of you know sightseeing stuff. Buys the necklace for her. Suddenly, at that point, the water uh, starts to rise, and we're introduced to the water elemental, which it's is totally Hydro Man. Real, it's totally a real thing and not a trick. Uh, it begins to wreak havoc uh, on the city, flooding shit, destroying buildings. Typical, you know, giant water monster stakes. Um, I love that. Either... I love that they were able to use the visual of Hydro Man uh, without actually using Hydro Man because Hydro Man's a fucking lame ass villain. Yeah, uh, it's Mister Evil Water guy. You know, Ooh, <laughs> it's like gonna... uh, it, also in the again from the art book, uh, the the first elemental, the one that's in Mexico. They were originally going to design him to look at like Sandman, uh, but mm. they ended up changing it. Uh, I'm they did. I'm glad that they did that. It would have been a waste of Sandman, but who gives a shit about Hydro Man? Yeah, well, I'm Hydro Man's number one fan, so. Oh, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Peter left his suit back at the uh, hotel, so he can only do so much about fighting this thing. Yeah, he's got um, his web shooters, but he doesn't have his suit. And he webs like a, a water creature and is surprised when nothing happens. Um, but Quentin Beck arrives. Mysterio! Thank God for that. And and uses his, his super cool powers and suit to fight the uh, the elemental creature. I love, I love uh, his like Illuminati magic. It's fucking sick. Yeah, his like rip off Doctor Strange sigils. and I <laughs> love it. It's so good. <laughs> He's able to um, subdue the creature's attacks before, like, completely having it. Uh, and everyone loves him, and they want an action figure, and they want to kiss him. It's all, it's awesome. It's great. Peter is really good in this scene because he like puts on like some random masquerade mask, uh, and he's like, his his whole job is that he just like stops property destruction and like saves people from dying. That's like yeah. that's like his only job, which is a good Peter moment because uh, yeah, he's got to save the local economy of wherever he is in that moment. Yeah, he's more focused on saving lives than fighting the monster, which is a good Peter moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, like, again, drawing another comparison to a Raimi movie, it's like Spider-Man 3, because he's fighting a guy out of his suit, and he's protecting a piece of jewelry. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, I'm very yawny today. My God. No, it's fine. It's very, very dreary here in Florida today. Uh, Peter and Ned go back to their room after the commotion, and after, you know, everything is you know, settled after the victory. Uh, but Ned gets shot with a tranquilizer by Nick Fury, who like is murdered there by Nick in the Fury. room. Yeah, he just silence takes him out. CQC. Um, <laughs> Fury's been trying desperately to get Peter's attention for a good bit now, but uh, it has not worked because Peter has been petering around. Um, He's been doing Peter stuff. Yep, dudes rock. Uh, they have to leave the room to talk in private since they keep getting interrupted over and over by the rest of the rotating cast of, you know, everyone that's here. Uh, Fury ends up taking Peter to his super cool secret hideout where he introduces him to Agent Hill and Quentin Beck. And uh, also Beck- uh, Lexi, what was his name? Dimitri? Yeah, Dimitri. Dimitri. Who, who uh, I think is actually in the comics, like, uh, Chameleon's brother or something? 
Something like that. That sounds he's like, right. He's vaguely related to the chameleon. And they were just like, fuck it, make him that. Make that him. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, he's introduced to Quentin Beck in the flesh. Uh, and Beck explains super convincingly and not at all like a bad guy that he is from another alternate Earth where these elementals are coming from. And uh, because of the snap, there's like a like a bridge that was opened up like a like a yeah, gap there, kind there of. were holes in space time exactly um and that's where the elementals like that's what's responsible for them crossing over from his destroyed plane of reality to ours um, i love the idea of there there being on another earth there's like an army of dudes in fishbowl helmets flying around stopping crimes yeah the, it's the, like the, the <laughs> serial core it's so funny to me uh yeah we get to see the homecoming suit again last time we'll ever see it very sad. Uh, and then also, I really like that he's just completely bullshitting about the multiverse. And then like a couple mm-hmm. movies later, it's like, oh, no, multiverse is real. Yeah. Oh, wow. That thing I made up is actually real. God, I should have made up a multiverse where I was right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fury wants Peter's help in fighting back and saving this world from the elementals. Um, but Peter feels that he isn't qualified, really. Yeah. Um, and he makes a big a big deal out of that. If this was Peter from Homecoming, he would be like all over this shit. He'd be like, yeah, yeah. fuck yeah, let's do it. But he's like, he's trying to balance his lives. And you know what that is? That's character growth. He's had a bit of a crisis or two since then. Oh, yeah. A big one. <laughs> um, so Fury essentially hijacks the class's vacation by having uh, Dimitri act as like the new driver uh, for their new... <laughs> Puts them in an all black bus and to, to Prague, where they did not think they were going. Um, as uh, Fury and Beck have learned, that's where the fire elemental is set to strike next. Um, hey man, it's, uh, it's the tour company upgraded them. Not suspicious at all, you know. Oh, it's gonna hit, hit here next. We should go here. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> before heading out, Peter is taken by uh, like one of Fury's like I don't know underlings. And uh, he's outfitted with his stealth suit. Um, he has to take off his clothes to put it on. And Brad walks in, sees Peter in a compromising position and doesn't think for a second at all. Hey, this is really weird. But instead takes a picture of Peter. <laughs> uh, no, more, no more photos in the bathroom. Urinal <laughs> or stalls. It's, it's bizarre to me that the, even with that kind of rivalry they have, that's anybody's reaction is, oh, I'm going to take a picture of you in the bathroom or whatever. Um, I mean, I've been, I, I, as a person who only graduated high school, like what, 2018? Uh, that's a thing that would happen. Okay. <laughs> Not in my generation. I, I, I know at least a couple people that would do that. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a rough uh, world. Peter runs after him to get rid of the picture, but Brad uh, Brad is in the know that Peter likes MJ2, and he probably correctly thinks that showing her this will lean her kind of away from Peter. Um, on this trip, Peter finds Toadie's Edith glasses, the even, even dead I'm the hero glasses. Yeah, Fury, Fury gives him the glasses, which are apparently right. for his successor. We don't specify successor. who, which I think... Which I think is good. Because mm-hmm. if they specify that they were for Peter, I would not like this movie as much as I would as much as I do. Exactly. That would um, that would be that would be the bridge too far. But they play it they, an, they, they they do it right. It serves as an interesting sword in the stone for Peter to work with. 
Um, yeah. Th- this is my only real structural problem with the movie, is that I think Edith is a very clunky plot device. Yeah, I especially think this particular scene is kind of silly with the drone strike. This bus like, scene is bread. probably the worst scene in the movie. Yeah, uh, it... it, it uh, it misinterprets Peter's request for taking care of Brad as a drone strike attack on the bus. <laughs> Fucking kill Peter, him. Peter has to discreetly stop an incoming drone from killing Brad and the entire class on the bus. And he ends up in the end, eventually just being able to hack into Brad's phone and delete the picture. Yes. God damn. Yes. Um, I, 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 it's a very clunky plot device. I'm fine with the bus scene. It's, it's definitely the worst scene in the movie. It's just a little uh, silly, is all. But they 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 put in. I I like that they. It's not like. Uh, it's like I said. It's not like made for him. Even he that is like no, you, you Tony did not make make me for you. Yeah. Uh, and and they put in the work to show that Peter doesn't really want the glasses. Uh, but it's still really clunky. Yeah. It's it's. Uh... I don't know. I feel like it could have used a, a, re, a revision or something. Yeah. But what do I know? What do I know? And and like and like I've said on Twitter when I was watching this uh, movie, there are people out there who think that this movie is like drones are good, and I'm like, what? No, it is. Yeah, let's. I don't let's, know. I I have a first grade understanding of film. I I, I think drone good. That's dude. I, I've I've watched video essays on YouTube. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I own I own one you Criterion seen, Blu-ray. Joker, Lex. Have you seen Joker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the whole the whole point of the drones in this movie is that they literally only exist to either kill or deceive people. So how they could be portrayed in a positive light, I have no clue. Uh, I, I MCU could, bad. I, I'm, I'm not a doofus. MCU bad. MCU bad. Oh, <laughs> That's all, why. All bad. Uh, Thor two best movie. Thor two um, best movie. So arriving in Prague, uh, Mr. Harrington tells the students that they've been given tickets to the opera, which <laughs> uh, is actually a diversion to get the students away from the carnival that they wanted to go to. Uh, all of this planned by Fury to keep Peter's friends inside to like avoid being caught in the path of what they believe to be like a giant fire monster. So like, yes, opera, not the worst thing in the world. It's better yeah, and, than roasting to death. And Fury, Fury shoes Peter out. Uh, and then him and Beck have a really good moment on the roof where they yeah. have a little chat. His his plan to sit next to MJ is ruined, and he has to, you know, go do Spider-Man shit and sit with and uh, Mysterio and, and ch- have the chat about, oh, you know, it's so hard to be a hero, blah, 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 Iron Man. It's, they, they, I, they, I, I'm, I'm condensing it, but it's it's a great yes. moment. They put, they put in, they really fit it under the wire. Uh, for Peter and Beck having like a good relationship before mm-hmm. the big twist, uh, but they bar- they barely make it. Uh, if, right. if one of those scenes wasn't there, then it wouldn't really work as a twist. I don't think. Exactly. Uh, I forgot to mention earlier uh, when we were talking when he was talking to him about uh, the like he was like nerding out about the multiverse. That was a good scene. Forgot to mention that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. Uh, this uh, the, the good good movie, <laughs> good movie. Uh, MJ follows Peter outside once he's you know had to slip out, and Ned and Betty also follow since they think those two are heading to the carnival. Um, outside the fire elemental is you know doing its rampage shit. Spidey and Materi- <laughs> Mysterio team up against it uh, and figure out that they have to avoid letting it touch metal because that's what makes it you know gain mass and uh, become even more powerful kind of like sandman rules with yes. sand. 
I like that. Uh, I like this fight because uh, I enjoy that. Like when Peter like tries to web it up, it burns the webs. So mm-hmm. like the webs never make contact with the monster. The same with the uh, with the water monster. Peter never makes contact with any of these monsters, mm-hmm. which again would make more sense uh, because of what happens in the twist. It's mm-hmm. like like never- like a. Like I said, with rewatching this movie, it's really interesting to think about how they made uh, Team Mysterio made all of this work. Mm-hmm. A second uh, watch really adds a lot to this. Yes. Um, Ned and Betty are trapped on the Ferris wheel. Uh, Spider-Man tries to save them while Mysterio fights the fire elemental. Um, when Spider-Man fires another web at it, it kind of pulls something out of it and makes it land near MJ, who's hiding and observing all this. Uh, Mysterio then uses his powers to dive into the fire elemental's chest and destroy it. Get yeah, like a- Mysterio summons a spirit bomb and he tries to make, the, make, make, the, make the sacrifice play. He's like, I'm going to sacrifice my life. Uh, I'm going to do it, Peter. In, be in a, you know, in a way to literally only just endear himself to Peter to make mm-hmm. him seem more responsible, like a, like a Tony Stark type of guy. Super manipulative. It's absolutely devilish. Uh, Peter goes down afterwards to make sure he's okay, but still gets his ass chewed by Fury for not doing, like, exactly what he told him to do. For not immediately saying yes to his plan. Mm-hmm. You know, Fury style. Um, so, that happens. Um, there, there's some, you know, weird concern about, oh, Spider-Man and, and Prague? Yeah, uh, I, 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 do, I do like that Peter, again, this is back from the multiverse scene. I do really enjoy that Peter is super concerned about uh, his class finding out his identity. He's like, I can't wear this suit out there because then they'll they'll put the pieces together and figure out that I'm the only thing connecting them. Uh, and I think that's good. I like that he's really concerned about his identity. Right, they, uh, and they, then they it's, it's all it's all taken away from him. <laughs> they make reference to the the DC trip at some point in this movie. Yes. Don't they? Yes, he's like he's like if they if they because I I was there in DC and if I'm here. Now they'll figure they'll figure it out, and if they figure it out, everybody will figure it out, and then I'm done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's 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 good to see how, how much Peter values that secret identity. That's very rare in the MCU. Not a whole lot of people have oh, a yeah. secret identity. Absolutely, it's when when it is guarded, it's guarded. Yeah. Uh, so from there, the uh, gang moves on to Berlin, where uh, Peter and Beck are called by Fury and Hill to discuss forming a new like team. Uh, Peter privately meets with Beck. Uh, yeah, yeah. Peter, Peter, and Beck go to a bar in Prague. They don't go to Berlin yet. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's that's afterwards. You're right. Uh, love this scene. I really good do. scene. Peter and Beck have a great conversation. Peter ends up giving the Edith glasses to Beck because he sees that he's much more responsible than he is. Right. Uh, he feels and that he he deserves them. And I, I genuinely like groomed to think. I genuinely think uh, that Peter is right when he says that Tony trusted him to give the glasses to somebody instead of them being for him. Uh, Because yeah, that makes total sense. Peter, Tony would trust Peter's judgment, especially after uh, homecoming and Endgame and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, He would trust Peter's judgment and he would, and he would know that eventually he would end up giving it to somebody uh, that was the right fit for it. Uh, Too bad. He ended up giving it to the guy who specifically only created a persona that would fit all those criteria. Yeah. Peter, Peter hands over the glasses and after they have their, you know, the rest of their poignant conversation and Peter leaves, uh, 
Beck takes down the illusion of what has been, you know, this bar. It's actually just a shitty, dilapidated building that's in the like outskirts of Prague or something. Uh, all of the disgruntled, you know, former Stark employees are there with him. That uh, this scene fucks. I love this scene. His villain speech. Uh, this, this scene is the moment that I went from liking this movie to loving this movie. Yeah, no, for real. It is a good I've, gear switch. It flipped a switch. I was like, fuck yeah. We, we get a not too like heavy-handed exposition dump about how the drones are, you know, the, the elementals and uh, yeah. it's all about the destruction and the appearance and how everyone's pissed at Tony for stealing their work on the, the binary augmented retro framing or bark. Yeah, yeah, Beck was the guy who invented the hologram technology from Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he combined it with the drones that were made by the guy that uh, Obadiah Stane yelled at in the first Iron Man movie. <laughs> and then Tony Stark did this in a cave with a box of scraps. Who was played by the kid from A Christmas Story. Oh, little Ralphie, yes. Little it's, Ralphie. Uh, now he makes killer cold. drones. <laughs> it's good stuff. Uh, yeah, this scene, this whole scene fucks. I love every part of it. And he's like, he's like toasting everybody. He's like, to Guterman! Mm-hmm. And he like explains that he was like, everybody has their own little part. Like one person came up with the electromagnetic pulses. One person came up with a backstory. Another person figured out that Tony was giving the glasses to Peter. He's, it's he's good. Very, he's very excited to have the world forget about Iron Man and Spider-Man and, and make way for Mysterio. And to the rest of you, Tony Stark is gone. There is a window of opportunity and someone will step up. But these days, you can be the smartest guy in the room, the most qualified, and no one cares. Unless you're flying around with a cape or shooting lasers from your hands, no one will even listen. Well, I've got a cape and lasers. With our technology and with Edith, Mysterio will be the greatest hero on Earth. Then everyone will listen. Not to a boozy man-child. No! Not to a hormonal teenager. No! To me and to my very wealthy crew. To us. To us. To Mysterio! To Mysterio! To Peter Parker! To Peter Parker! Poor kid. It's like it's like having a mini heist movie inside of a superhero movie, and I like that. Oh yeah, it's 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 it's. Gr- I love a good manipulative villain that that yeah. works on on so many levels, and that's what we get with Mysterio. It is. It's ab- it's devilish. Uh, Peter goes back to the hotel to invite MJ to hang out with him without anybody else around. Uh, he begins to try to tell her how he feels, and she cuts him off to reveal that she knows he's Spider-Man. No, she thinks uh, she she thinks he's Spider-Man. What, she's like eighty-five percent sure. She's, so, she's like sixty-seven percent sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, due to the coincidences involving them being in the same places at the same time, we didn't talk about them in the opera because it's kind of short. But yeah, it is. Yeah, Tom Holland and Zendaya's chemistry is really, really good. They're great actors. Uh, yeah, it is. It is. Where, where, uh, it's it's really great to have a romance in these movies that uh, is both central to the plot and doesn't make me want to kill myself. <laughs> uh, the last time we had that was well, there was Homecoming, but that wasn't really super central to the plot. Right. Uh, the last time we had that was probably Raimi one. Yeah, even that had its, its rockier, you know, moments. 
Even but, that, it was like Peter had like single target sexuality. It was like, oh, duh, duh. Yeah. it was kind of stupid. But this, it's like, it and it, it fixes the problems that I had with Peter and Gwen's relationship in the first Amazing Spider-Man movie in that like it naturally develops over time. It's a good, it's good. It's really good. Well, it's all about the Branzino, buddy. I've talked about, I've talked about it in the past, but we're finally here. We're at the good romance in a Spider-Man mm-hmm. movie. You made it, folks. Thanks for listening. We're here. <laughs> uh, MJ pulls out the uh, the item that she found at the site of the uh, fight with the fire elemental being. It is a projector that shows Mysterio fighting the yet unseen air elemental. And this causes the pair to realize that Beck is behind all of this and he's a fraud. He's a fraud. Uh, as Beck and his goons prepare for the uh, Avengers level attack that they have cooked up. Another great scene where they're doing like the behind the scenes stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the like for the rest of the movie, uh, Mysterio wears like this mocap suit, uh, which I really, I really like. Uh, it's 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 a it's a lot less. It's still very emblematic of Mysterio as a character. He's got like the fishbowl helmet. Uh, and I like that they incorporate like the triangle eye design into the like the patterning on the mocap suit, so it still yeah, looks yeah. like the Mysterio suit. It all feels very in character and very, uh, I don't know, proper. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, he's it's like his puppet master costume. It's uh, good. In the midst of all this prep, they uh, they find that the missing projector from one of their drones is in Peter's hands. So they're they're like. Everyone's aware of everything now. Kind of the jig is up on yeah, both sides. He, he's like, if I, after I've had to kill Peter Parker because of this, I just want you to know that his blood will be on your hands. He's such a fucking psychopath in these movies. It's so good. Okay, so before I saw this movie, I've loved the movie Nightcrawler for a really long time. I've still not seen it. Nightcrawler is so good. Uh, so while. So when they announced that Jake Gyllenhaal was going to be Mysterio, I knew that he was going to be great, and he really did not disappoint. Uh, I think out of all of the movies that we've seen, even even Norman from the first movie, I think I like Mysterio the best. Wow. He is... He fucks severely. That is a bold, bold claim. I know. I know. I give, I give Willem a lot of points, you know? it's He's hard to top. He brings a fun fucking, like, Saturday morning vibe to it. On the whole... I think so far, like overall, I really like what Keaton did with Vulture. If we want to talk like terms of what I think my favorite villain. I absolutely is. respect somebody picking Vulture. That's a yeah, good choice. I think I would have to pick Vulture. And just in terms of like honoring the comic, but also putting a fresh spin on the character that made it like believable and, and a, a a part of the MCU in its own right. Yes. But yeah, Norman Norman was my favorite villain he felt like he was straight out of a comic book mm-hmm. he was like a, he was dumb he said like the most hammy lines possible and with this it's the same but then it's also Mysterio so I like it even more uh, and Jake Gyllenhaal is just a really great actor uh, so it's just, a, it's just a guy going ape shit the whole final act the whole final battle is just a series of Quentin Beck screaming and going ape shit it's awesome this brings us to possibly my favorite sequence of the movie oh uh, Peter goes to meet with Fury and Hill about uh, Beck's like real motives, his his yes. real intentions with all this. But uh, Beck has caught up with Peter first and created this entire illusion to trap him in to to subdue him and take care of him. 
uh, he starts like taunting Peter really severely about not being the kind of hero he he needs to be and wants to be. Just a kid in a sweatsuit. This scene fucks. We get a lot of illusions from Beck culminating uh, with the part with, you know, Tony bursting from the grave, terrorizing (laughs) Peter. Fucking zombie Tony Stark. Uh, Uh, And then it, like this, this whole like I said, this whole scene fucks. Like there's the, the spider jumps out of to- Tony's skull eye and then transitions into all these Mysterio heads. But like, my favorite part from the illusion scene is like in the very beginning, uh, when he when Peter runs out and he's like ends up being on top of the Eiffel Tower and MJ is there, uh, and then she's like help me, and then Peter runs over and he's like Beck, I know this is fake. Uh, and then the moon is there, and then it turns into Mysterio's head, and then he has MJ by the throat, and he's like do you like fuck yeah good it's, scene it's just great villainy that's one thing they've really nailed down so far uh with both the homecoming and this one is solid solid villains and i think more solid like consistently than any previous incarnation yes. of these movies um very much looking forward to what they do with the next one but we'll get there yes uh it appears as though fury uh subdues beck and asks peter who else uh, he told about everything that's going down and stupidly and manipulatedly uh, Peter confesses that he told MJ and Ned and that Ned probably told Betty. This of course uh, was a Mysterio trick. Oh, it's so good. Now he's going to go murder all of Peter's friends. The, fu- the fucking fake out. And then he like starts beaming more illusion shit at him. And he's like, it's so easy to fool people when they're already fooling themselves. It's so, it's so good. He manages to get Peter creamed by a train. Yeah, which, he puts like, him on train jol- track. He's like, I'm sorry about this, buddy. Jolted me out of my seat when I first saw that. Uh, God, like, he really, like, as good as Beck is, he's still a stupid villain and did not make sure that Peter was dead and finished off. Well, I mean, um, he got hit by a fucking bullet train. I think that's true. But, like, come on, he's Spider-Man. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it does knock the shit out of Peter, and he passes yeah, he's out. he's like all curtain. bloody. He's fucked up. Uh, where he then wakes up in a jail cell in the Netherlands. This, uh, is, this, this Netherlands scene is kind of a weird digression, but it's fine. It feels like a Wes Anderson movie out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, we're just suddenly... Uh, do, you, do you get that vibe? Yeah, it is. It's cause, I guess it's because it's a lot more colorful. When he like walks out of the, the jail cell and like all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so after field. after breaking out, he he manages to call Happy to come and help him uh, in another really really great like Spider Man and mentor scene uh, yes. with him and Happy on board the jet here. Um, Peter breaks down and says that he doesn't understand like at all why Tony would pick him to be a successor when he keeps like essentially screwing everything up. Um. But Happy kind of reassures him that Tony believed in him for a reason, and he knew that Peter would be the hero that he needs to be. Not the next Iron Man, but the, the first Spider-Man. This whole scene is great. The whole movie is built upon Peter's guilt and insecurity, which are like mm-hmm. two super important character traits. It's really, really well done. traits of any Spider-Man. Yes. Uh, and he's like, yeah, you're not Iron Man. You're never going to be Iron Man. That's the whole point. He, he, he says it in the dialogue. I almost feel like he should he should have just like turned a couple degrees to the left and looked directly <laughs> into the camera so that people would understand that this he is says, the point of the movie. 
He says out loud, no, you're not Iron Man Jr. You are not Iron Man Jr. This is not the purpose of these movies. You are fucking stupid. Look at Little Goblin Jr. Look at Little cry. Goblin Jr. You're gonna cry. <laughs> uh, Peter, Peter picks himself up and he goes to create a new suit from Tony's suit 3D printer before yeah. uh, they head back to London. And I love this suit. Ugh. I like the Homecoming suit a lot. I don't know if I'm on record as saying if I have a prefer a preferred favorite. I think you I think you talked about that you like this one the most. I do like this one the most. Um I'm a big, big, big fan of when the blue on Spider-Man's costume is so blue that it's black, but still visibly blue. It, it works better on the page. This is very much a yes. black and red suit. It's a black it's and awesome. red. It's a black and red suit. I also really like the the sort of really dark blue shading. You can really mm-hmm. only do it uh, in comics on a drawing. Right. You can't really do it in real life. But if they like, uh, I, okay. So there's a lot of, a lot of things uh, again from the art book. Uh, it was hard to tell from the first watch, but this suit is made out of his webs. Yes. Uh, it's made out of, like, that's why the, the black parts have that weaved texture to them, and that's why the spider is white. That's the mm-hmm. whole point of it. Uh, but, yeah, like, they're probably going to give Peter a new suit uh, in the third movie, and if you just... Uh, I like the white, but maybe change the the whites to reds, uh, and then change the, the blacks to a darker blue, you'd have, like, it's a perfect. <laughs> but yeah, this this suit fucks. Uh, they could Peter's... surprise us and go in like a totally, completely weird new direction with the suit since he's going to be maybe like on the run or something in the next movie. I don't know. I don't think they're going to go that crazy uh, because I, I think they want to stay true to the comics. Uh, but I like that he doesn't have any of the extra shit. He doesn't have like the bazillion web combinations. Yeah, he doesn't it, have... It, uh, he doesn't need any of that extra shit. He just has what he back needs. To basics. Back to formula. It, it might back to formula. It, it it it's like it it visually the whole thing is like it's all it's it's fancy holograms. This isn't like Spider Man, but it's still true at its core. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks great, but I am upset at the loss of the tick. We lost the tick. Yes, we did. Um, rest in peace. One movie tick. Well, it was there for a couple of snippets. It was. There for, movies, it, was so. it, it made it made it longer than I thought it would. Uh, we honored yeah. it as best we could. I, I just I just love the idea of it being made out of his webs. That's so cool. I, yeah, I remember, it, reading, it is, I remember uh, reading that in the art book, and I'm like, what the fuck? It, it adds a layer to it. I guess it's fun. It doesn't. Hopefully, it won't dissolve in just an hour. But I would assume that it's a, a different <laughs> formula. So Peter's class is uh, taking a tour bus ride around London, but it's being uh, secretly driven by one of Beck's uh, associates, and uh, they stop on the London Bridge. As Mysterio preps the air elemental to be ready for attack, uh, Spider Man shows up with his new super cool guy suit for the battle. Uh, yeah. uh, Happy, in the meantime, goes to get Ned, MJ, Betty, and Flash, uh, get them on board. He's like, I'm a friend of Spider Man. You work for uh, Spider Man? No, I, I, I work with Spider Man, not for Spider Man. It's really good. Uh, the jet gets destroyed, however. And they have to hide in, you know, the nearby medieval tower that London yeah, the tower has. Of London. <laughs> um, I was actually and... in. I was. I was actually back in London for a school trip myself mm-hmm. uh, before this movie came out. Like I think a really? month before this movie came out, I remember going to like a, a little shop and buying a, a copy of Empire magazine that had Spider-Man on the cover. I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Uh, we went to the Tower <laughs> of London too. It was nice. Never too far, huh? 
There was literally, I literally have a photo of me with my Spider-Man tattoo on uh, Tower Bridge. Oh, great. That's really That's cool. Good. Um, so the drones go after them at the tower. Uh, they hide themselves up in like a vault, like lock storeroom or something. And uh, MJ does manage to knock down one of the drones with a mace before. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. I'm really, really yawning today. <laughs> she it's manages fine. to knock dr- down one of the drones with a mace before having to have them all stay in the locked room. Uh, Spider-Man enters the interior of the air elemental illusion and begins to like web all of the drones together to get them to crash and break the illusion. Yeah, uh, he's he's got his, his taser web hooked up to his chest symbol, so he pushes the button on it, and it just mm-hmm. zaps all the things. Really, really great acrobatic sequence of him like uh, popping around like from drone to drone, getting the web on him. Yeah. Uh, he proceeds to destroy more drones um, before Mysterio corners him, and in like possibly the coolest sequence of the movie, which I might have said three times at this point. <laughs> this is uh, a good movie. It, it's really fucking cool. Uh, he directs like a horde of drones directly at him, like in this interior hallway illusion and using his spider sense uh, in this great, like combination of slow motion and regular motion. He dodges them all, destroys them all. And in the midst of everything, one of them happens to shoot Mysterio. It's like the greatest dice roll of all time. It's yeah, like it's you like you are odd. standing in the strike zone. Fire all the drones uh-huh. now! It's so good. He manages to like precisely flip, duck, and weave like just enough to avoid everything and still get Mysterio fucked yeah, over by the end sense. of all of it. Um, it's good. So Peter goes to get the Edith glasses back from Mysterio. Uh, Beck attempts one final illusion with him uh, to to kill him. And it fails. Um, I love that fake out, like the gunshot and everything. Yeah, it's and he's like, you can't epic. trick me anymore. It's like, fuck yeah. So fucking good. Uh, Spider-Man leaves Beck to 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 die, maybe? Who knows? I, I don't think mm-hmm. that, that motherfucker I, is absolutely not dead. Yeah, no, not in the slightest. Uh, Peter disables all of the drones, uh, calls off the attack. Uh, he, he, he executes all uh, disable protocols. Yeah, there we go. Activate instant kill. Execute execute them all. <laughs> Afterwards, uh, he and MJ run onto the bridge and they meet with each other. We get a great little acknowledgement of mutual feelings scene and they kiss. Uh, Fury tries to get Peter again, but Happy's like, oh, I'll leave the kid alone. He's with his girlfriend. <laughs> He's not Tony Stark. This last little Peter and MJ moment is it's really good. Yeah, it is. It it worked. It worked for the scale of things. I'm gl- I'm glad these kids had fun on their field trip. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way to put it, I guess. I don't really have much luck when it comes to getting close to people, so I lied. I wasn't just watching you because I thought you were Spider-Man. <laughs> that's great. Black Dahlia, like the murder. murder. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it's broken. I actually like it better broken. I really like you. I really like you too. <laughs> so the students return home. Um, 
Peter sits happy at pay down to discuss their like thing. What's happening here? Uh, May calls it a summer flame, yeah, which is really funny. But Happy thinks they're more than that, and it's a whole awkward thing. It's Peter really kind of slinks out in the middle of what he started. Um, he goes to meet MJ for a date as Spider-Man, and they Pete's swinging through the city with his his uh, his uh, wingsuit. He uses that for a little yes, bit. Yes, yes, swinging uh, around, having a good time at the heights, freaking the hell out. I think this is this is the first time Peter swings through the city in these movies. Like at least Manhattan in Manhattan. Yes, it is, and it's very good. Uh, and him swinging with MJ is really, really great. Uh, this movie's really good. And that's where we get our our our, our first credits. You know, we oh. got we got our mid credit scene after the date. Uh, yeah. The only one that matters. <laughs> Spider Man drops off MJ in the street. They overhear a breaking news broadcast in the middle of the city that uh, Beck had apparently recorded a video before his death and sent it to the Daily Bugle, of all places. Yeah. It, uh, it is shown to us by none other than uh, J. Jonah Jameson himself. He's back, baby! Played by the, the, the return the, of the king! The incomparable J.K. Simmons. Uh, <sighs> what plays on this InfoWars Daily Bugle broadcast... I do like that it's very infowars is, It is a doctored, manipulated video made by Beck to make people think that Spider-Man orchestrated the drone attack due to some careful, careful wording. Uh, Beck then outs Spider-Man as Peter Parker to the entire world, uh, <laughs> leaving New Yorkers in disbelief over their hero and uh, leaving Peter with a final, like, holy shit, what the fuck, oh my what god, the fuck? of the movie. It's so good. Uh, I... There, there was another uh, before the that first post credits. There was another fun animated end credits, which I I I, I like it. I like it a little bit less than the homecoming one. Yeah, uh, but it's still really really good. Right, they play the go goes. It's a good time. Uh, and there's one final post credit scene after the fact where uh, we are revealed that the the shield agents Fury and Hill were scrolls, uh, Talos and Soren specifically from Captain Marvel. From Captain uh, ordered by Fury to hand over Edith to Peter, and uh, Talos calls Fury, gives him an update, and we see the real Fury like unvacationing before in yeah. space. And that is Spider-Man: Far From Home. Uh, just good movie, just great. Uh, I was really worried they wouldn't be able to build off of Homecoming, and by God, they built off of Homecoming. Woo! Woo! very high hopes for for three possibly the highest hopes i've had for an mcu movie i guess we can talk about it after we get to get through uh the fun facts and the ratings and rankings yeah of course uh we actually also have an email oh great which is Excellent. exciting uh some fun facts uh a, a good number not too too many but more than last time anyway since there's some spider-man in this movie uh so as far as mysterio is concerned uh they did like jake gyllenhaal uh supposedly Matt Damon turned down the villain role in this movie. Matt Damon. I don't think he would have had the Sange and no. uh, anything that Hall brought to the table, to be real with you. Um, 
Gyllenhaal fucks in this movie. He's he's a villain. so he's good. scary in this movie, and I just don't think I just don't see Matt Damon. I don't. He's see funny. He's menacing. It's so good. It it is what it is. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, uh, there's the suitcase with the BFP on it. Ben Franklin Parker. Um, yeah, and they, and they come home, and and May is like, "Where's your where's your where's your bags? All right, they got blown up." Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, it was really hope, funny. I hope there wasn't a folder in there with like secret algorithms or anything. The Spider-Man franchise has had bad has had bad luck with leather briefcases. Yeah, exactly. suitcases. Uh, I'm glad it's gone. Uh, regarding the the final act suit made of Peter's webs, costume designer for the film Anna B. Shepard says that quote the suit is Peter's vision for Spider-Man and elaborates that he is no longer trying to be Iron Man. Uh, I, I think it's really emblematic. Uh, I, I, I really like that you brought up that the suit is made up of like his web material. Yeah, he's 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 clothed in his own invention. I, I really love the direction they've taken everything so with good. this version of Spider-Man in, and I'm really, really happy that they're doing more. Uh, Fuck yeah. This is not the first time that Jake Gyllenhaal has been associated with a Spider-Man film. As I mentioned in our Spider-Man 2 episode, uh, originally, he was on the table to replace Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker and Spider-Man in Spider-Man 2. Uh, Maguire had injured his back during Seabiscuit's filming, uh, but luckily his injuries healed up and he was able to return to the set. But uh, Gyllenhaal was just fated to be involved with Spider-Man in some capacity, I guess. Uh, I'm glad this is what we got. As I said in the Spider-Man 2 episode, I think Jake Gyllenhaal would have been really good in Spider-Man 2. Uh, but he would it would have deprived us of this Mysterio, yes. which I think would have been a war crime. We don't have a lot going for us in this timeline, but we've got the Spider-Man movies that we've got. So. We have we have these Spider-Man movies, <laughs> which whew, what more could you ask for? This is our first Stan Lee-less uh, uh, Marvel yes. movie. Uh, are are they just straight up? You think gonna just not? Did they film any more? ahead of time or are we just i think the, i think the last one i think the last one they filmed was endgame okay well that feels right i guess yeah uh, like i said it, it like i said the endgame episode it makes sense but i did yeah i did not catch this specifically myself uh i would have to go back and verify but supposedly around the hour 58 mark i i might have to double check that number again too but uh, in the New York skyline that Peter is swinging past in our swinging at the end of the movie apparently he passes the Osborne mansion uh the building that is the osborne mansion in the raimi movies yes uh i i did not catch that myself i would love to go back and see that again uh yeah if, if it's in there that'd be fun well my last little bit of trivia that definitely is accurate at least uh the netherlands tulip uh field scene was actually filmed in a grass field in the uk um <laughs> It required about two million digital tulips to be uh, like modeled and constructed for the movie. <laughs> Why not just uh, film it in a real tulip field? Because you know it's too far. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have the Netherlands doesn't have good enough tax breaks. Yeah, there you go. It's not the state of Georgia. Of but yeah, that's that's what I got this week. Uh, good stuff. All right, I guess we can move into the ratings and the rankings then. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Alex, what did you think about this movie? I like this movie a lot. I think it's a it's a great evolution of what they were looking to do with the character and like the universe of the character past homecoming. Um, I think it's going to serve as a great uh, 
because you know a lot of these movies are hard to look at as just the individual character movies like as a block uh i think in time these are gonna be looked back on very fondly as like sequential like one two three movies uh this feels very much like a second entry in in a character's story um I'm very, very happy with the direction they've they've gone with it. I, I too, am a huge Mysterio fan, and I'm glad they did justice to the character. I'm fully confident they're going to do good stuff with the villains and villains slash villains that they're whoever they're going to throw at us in the next movie. Whoever. As far as rating goes, uh, I think I'm very comfortable calling this one a solid four. All right. Um, it would be a four point five, but I do think that um there are parts of it like the like the bus sequence that stop it from being in my head like it, it, <laughs> numbers are weird for me as, yes. as if you listen to this podcast you know numbers are weird for me uh, weird. A, a four and a half out of five somehow in my head is different than a nine out of ten even though they're the exact same the number. exact same thing so uh with that in mind I'm, I'm just a little more comfortable calling this one a four all right um in terms of ranking I don't have my ranking list in front of me. Do you happen to have that pulled up? I do have one. That's great because I don't want to say these in the wrong order. Wherever, um, could you run by me my rankings? <laughs> I, I, I should, I should have this written down. That's that's sloppiness. On that's my why. Part, that's sorry. why I'm here. Uh, your ranking as of right now is Spider-Man Two, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man One, Infinity War, Endgame, Civil War, Spider-Man Three. Amazing Spider-Man 1, Amazing Spider-Man 2. I would put this over Homecoming. All right. Respectable choice. This is, in my opinion, to this point, uh, the second best Spider-Man movie. I still like Spider-Man 2 a lot. I like what it did. I like its. I like the schmaltz of it. It feels cover to cover like a comic book movie. However... Yes. This is as close as we've gotten to touching that high for me. Uh, it's a great movie. It's a great Spider-Man 2. Um, what, Spider-Man that, 2, that, 3. That drill tweet about how every generation deserves at least three movies called Spider-Man 2. Yeah, every generation deserves at least five movies called Spider-Man 2. Um, I I like it on just about every level that it operates on. And I'm very... I don't know. I'm very pleased that this is the current deal that we're stuck with you know what i yes. mean i'm i'm pleased that this is what we have to deal with currently it's, yeah uh the, the the mcu movies they're not like i don't think they're perfect uh but they in in my head the way that i picture spider-man and how he should work how he should act his rogues gallery uh how it, how it should feel it, it these movies are the closest that they've ever gotten mm-hmm. they're 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 really close to being exactly what I want. And I think uh, after we read this email, uh, we can transition into our thoughts on the future uh, and what the fuck is going to go on in Spider-Man 3. But I think if Spider-Man 3 is really good, Uh, but yeah, as for my opinions, uh, again, this is probably going to be my most nuclear take. Uh, I think this is tied with Raimi 1 as the best live-action Spider-Man movie. Oh no, that's that's a very respectable take. Yeah, like I said, it tells the same basic story as Spider-Man Two, but does it without any of the stuff I didn't like in Spider-Man Two. Uh, my favorite villain—it's got a romance that doesn't make me want to claw my eyes out. Uh, fun action, humor that lands, uh, and most importantly, 
an understanding of those core themes of Spider-Man that I talked about. And ba- way back in like the Raimi recap episode, I talked about the core themes being super important. Uh, okay. And with this, they've reinterpreted them in a really cool way. And it's, it's really good. I'm going to give this movie four and a half stars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of like my rating, because I also have The Last Jedi rated four and a half stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, I have problems with Last Jedi as well. Like I have problems with this movie. Like the little nitpicks that I have and Edith being a clunky plot device and the bus scene not being super great. Uh, but the, the highs in this movie are so high that it makes the problems that I have with it seem kind of small in comparison. Uh, yeah, it's not my favorite Spider-Man movie. We gotta wait till next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. It might go down, in my opinion, if as time passes, or maybe if Spider-Man 3 is really good. Uh, but for the time, uh, this is where I'm at with it. So my ranking, as of right now, is uh, Spider-Man, Far From Home, and Spider-Man 1, tied at first place. Uh, and then Spider-Man 2, and then Spider-Man Homecoming, Captain America Civil War, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, uh, Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 1, and Amazing Spider-Man 2. Where it belongs. <sighs> God, that movie fucking sucks. Uh, all right. Uh, the next thing we have is we have an email. Uh, our, I guess our second email, because we had the B email. email. Uh, but this one is coming straight to us from Victory Sauce, who I believe uh, watches uh, a friend of mine, Koo Eater, watches his streams, and I'm in those occasionally. Uh, that's how Victory Sauce knows me. Uh, so the, pod, the, the email reads as thusly. To Alexander Jester and Lexington Shatterball of the Spider-Man podcast. So how about that Spider-Man 3, a.k.a. Spider-Man 3-2, a.k.a. Spider-Man 9, a.k.a. Spider-Man Homeless? It's supposed to be the last of a whopping four MCU movies this year, let alone the TV shows. I thought they were already pushing their luck doing three movies a year, so I guess this year and the next are going to be the real tests of will this brand oversaturate itself to death? I don't give a shit about any of the other movies <laughs> i don't care about the fucking eternals movie yeah no i'm I'm squarely there too uh i think it's the official like stance of this podcast that like we're here for spider-man the guardians and dr strange Everyone i don't else care about any of these other that. motherfuckers i forgot that black widow movie too yeah shit yeah uh, woohoo woo, black widow yeah i like florence Pugh. Well power uh, yeah, no, first few great. I just I think this is like eight years too late. Yeah, it's like you should have like fit it in there before like Age of Ultron. That would have been good. How like it's very telling like where a studio's head is like planning a character's biopic like three years almost after the character themselves died on screen. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how far our priorities are in line. Uh, all right, continuing the email. Then you get to the news of Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina coming back, and everybody's losing their minds. Yeah, that's the only; those are the only returning actors that are confirmed. It's Jamie Foxx mm-hmm. and Alfred Molina. Uh, this thing is going to be nuts, and I'm honestly imp- going to be impressed if they manage to get everybody back. I doubt if they'll be able to go into the Spider-Verse levels of crazy with it, but getting all three live-action Spideys together would still be a feat. How the hell do you follow up that Mysterio exposes Peter's identity and frames him as a murderer twist, and then get into all this probably multiverse nonsense? This shit's probably going to be two and a half hours long. I'm calling it now. Hopefully the absolute king John Watts can pull it off. Love the show. Keep on doing cool Spider-Man shit. From your boy, Victory Sauce. Thank you very much for the email. 
Yes, of course. Sincerely appreciated. Yeah, I guess we can talk about uh, what we think is going to happen to Spider-Man 3. Um, uh, a lot of people are very keyed up about this. There uh, are so... Like I said, well, I've said this many times on the podcast. There are so many rumors about this movie. I so, don't think it's going to be anything like what anybody's expected. I don't think no. any prediction so far is anywhere near accurate. No. Uh, but I do have some things that I think are going to happen. Uh, mm. Number one, I think that they're going to have Peter keep his secret identity. I think they're either going to, if they're going to have Daredevil in the movie, which I would love, uh, they're going to have him prove it in a court of law, or probably more likely, uh, Doctor Strange is going to pull some magic shit like he did in the comics. Yeah, where he I, wipes I, see everybody's kind of, I see some kind of cosmic undoing being more likely than yes. your honor. Peter Parker is not Spider-Man. Or, you know, you could just have a scroll impersonate Peter and then uh, have Peter swing around to Spider-Man. <laughs> Yeah, true. <laughs> that would make more sense. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I just like haven't they done that already? Damn. Uh, yeah, I think there's going to be some. I think they're they're going to keep him as the guy with the secret identity. Yeah, uh, no, that makes a lot more sense. Maybe they can ditch it in the in like ten years if Peter if Tom Holland is still Peter Parker in ten years as the longest running Spider Man in history. I mean, God <laughs> willing. Uh, but the next thing with like uh the multiverse stuff, mm-hmm. uh. I don't think it's going to be that big of a part of the film. Yeah, I don't see Tom, or rather, I don't see uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield being like 60 minute plus screen time, like main characters in this. I've heard, I've heard rumors that they're only going to be in the third act, which is kind of weird. Why would they only be in the third act of the movie? Just kind of Portal randomly showing up. Part two. It's just kind of weird just to put them in that. Like Marvel movies, from the beginning, Marvel movies have always been about like setting shit up. So, like, why mm-hmm. they would introduce two other Spider-Men for no reason at the at the final act of this movie doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I think they might be post-credits things, and that yeah, that gonna, makes even less sense to me. They might. I think they might show up in the post-credits as a tease for an actual live-action Spider-Verse movie. Could be. Could uh, be. Do you think they'd be teasing that in Doctor Strange two, and then setting that up for Spider-Man three? Or are you talking teasing at the end of Spider-Man three? Oh, yeah, because I forgot Doctor Strange 3 comes out first. Uh, Doctor, hmm, I don't know. I don't, yeah, again, I don't, but I, I don't know. That's the way I see it going. I see a tease at the end of the, of the Raimi Doctor Strange. If they teased at the end of, Ra- of Doctor Strange 2, it would make more sense. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't feel as sudden. Right. I, I think that would be the best way to do it, but I'm not a film executive, so. I guess. Um, and, especially, and especially with Raimi directing, it would be fun. I think there's a lot that could be said, you know, prediction wise, but I, I don't think we have literally enough to go on at all for anything like serious. Um, I do think that we will, um, like, like we said, we already have confirmed Melina and Fox are back. I really, truly and sincerely hope that we can get Willem Dafoe back on board. Oh, my um, God. Some people are like, I don't want Willem Dafoe back. I want a new version of the Green Goblin. And I have no. my own personal idea of who I would like for the, the Green Goblin to be in my 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 fan cast in my head. Uh, oh, yeah. I have actually two options. One of them is like the more traditional thing that you see on fan cast uh, Instagram accounts and shit like that. And the other one is the complete out of nowhere ballpark choice that i i i decided on i saw somebody made one edit of it i'm like gold okay uh the first one is people like think would think matthew mcconaughey would be good okay uh, maybe I th- yeah I, I think i feel like maybe he's too much of a nice guy to be an evil man 
especially uh, evil calculating sociopath Norman Osborn. I don't think it yeah. would work. Who's your off the wall cast? Bob Odenkirk. Ooh. <laughs> hmm. I really like that. I really like the idea Bob, of him. Bob Odenkirk. Like, Slamming his fist on a table and yelling about Oscorp profits and yeah. I oh think... wow, I really like that, Lex. And yeah, I saw. I saw. Let me see if I can find the picture. Yeah, he's uh, spending enough time in a suit. You, can, I can see it. Yes, and then of course you got Timothy Chalamet, Harry Osborne, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Set that shit up. I got, I got, I got the schemes. Valentine <laughs> uh, presents Spider Man. Oh yeah. Uh. Do you think Uncle Ben is going to be in the third movie? They're going to mention him finally? I would be very surprised if they ever did anything with him. Um, I think I think I, they might. I think they I, might be setting that up. I wouldn't doubt that that's a possibility, but I love the idea of them just never touching it. <laughs> just no to make people mad. <laughs> ever. Ever. I already think it's like... I like your idea about three starting with like the May and Peter conversation. And then maybe we get like the Marvel studios logo and then we go to, you know, whatever. I like that idea of an opening, but I think that, um, I think with that idea of having that opening go that way, that might be a good segue for it. You know what I mean? I I Um, think, I think here's, here's my idea is that this movie seems like with what they're setting up, it's going to be a little darker. Uh, and it's, I guess, really because this movie is supposed to take place during Peter's senior year of high school. Yes. Uh, so it's it's going to be him graduating out of those, like, younger, more freewheeling adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think having a more serious uh, sort of thing and then finally at least mentioning him. Again, I don't need it to happen in the movie. I'm perfectly fine with it not. Exactly. Uh, but... Having having it having that introduced in the beginning of the movie with the Peter and May talk, and then like having it brought up later on with like him having a conversation with MJ or something, uh, I think it could work really well. The most natural way would be to have it be that May talk because I, yes. I don't see a version of May having a conversation with Peter about being Spider Man that doesn't involve mentioning Ben. Yes, I think I think that's I think that's why Feige is saving it. Yeah, so yeah, Feige, I hope is, Feige is a smart guy. I think that's why he's saving it. I, I'm with you, and I hope that's the way it goes. But I also do have... If if they ever do show Uncle Ben, which I don't think they will, uh, who would you want him to be? Who would you want to, play, to be Uncle Ben? It would have to be somebody that believably could have been married to this Marissa Tomei Aunt May. I have someone picked. Okay. I'm going to say, myself, Brian Cranston. John Stewart. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. John Stewart's only two years older than Marissa Tomei, and if you like, see pictures of him now, where he looks like he's got like a white beard and he's wearing a Mets cap all the time. Sure, it looks perfect. I've always been a big proponent of Brian Cranston as an Uncle Ben, just because I think he could pull off any fucking Peter. Listen. Like, like conversation. Peter. <laughs> I think I would, I would just think too much of like, <laughs> Peter, we had to cook. Like, no, he can do that kind of shit, but like, I can also see him being a very reassuring, very like Hal from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle. 
yeah, no, I, I, I would absolutely love a Brian Cranston uncle. That could, that could definitely also work. He's very high up on my list. Maybe not this uncle Ben, but maybe. I've seen some people be like Tom Hanks, which is weird. That's too much. I too much. Uh, Way too old, too. Some people said Steve Carell, which might work. Maybe. Maybe it have to be. It have to be a. a different Uncle Ben here too. Yeah, I think. yeah, I feel like uh, uh, yeah. John Goodman. I've always felt would make a good Uncle Ben. You know what? He would absolutely. He would. Peter he would. <laughs> Peter. He was like, I just think of Pops from Speed Racer. Yeah. Oh man. If if but, a Spider Man movie could be more like Speed Racer, I'd be all for it. Well, I mean, there's Spider Verse, which is the visual yeah. flair yeah. of Speed Racer. Uh, but yeah. Uh. I think the last thing we can really talk about is uh, like villains. Oh yeah. Um, do you have uh, any any hopes, any predictions? As I said, I would really enjoy if Craven the Hunter was the villain. Uh, I don't think that they obviously should not adapt Craven's Last Hunt. No, yeah, uh, that should, would be stupid. They should, they should give that uh, one to Earth. As for what they're gonna do, uh, of course, there's also Scorpion, which we set up way back in Homecoming. Yes, yes, Matt Gordon. Uh, I think that maybe we could have some kind of uh, introduction of Scorpion as like a, a sort of smaller time villain uh, that tries to go after Peter because now he knows his identity. Like kind of a prison ringleader type. Yes, uh, kind of like that. Uh, not, as not for Sinister Six, maybe, but like something quite. along those lines. And as for uh, uh, Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina... I really don't know. Uh, those guys are kind of up in the air. I would be very surprised if they were just straight up wearing the same costumes. I don't think they will. I get I the think, feeling we're going to see alternate versions of these characters. I think I remember Jamie Foxx like, made an Instagram post about coming back as Electro and then deleted it really quickly. Uh, hmm. I think he, I remember him saying that he wasn't going to be blue. Hmm. Okay. I think they're going to do the same thing they did with, with J. Jonah Jameson in this movie. Just change him a little bit. Um, which is have him the same actors come back, play the same characters, but change them and make them their change them in a way that makes yeah. them fit within this universe. Like fundamentally they're different. Yes. Uh I'd like Alfred Molina to have a, a good motivation. Uh and of course I would like Electro <laughs> to be I would like Electro to be good. They just say fuck you specifically and they give us another itsy bitsy spider scene. Oh my god, no, please. I'm uh, whatever the future holds, I we will be here to discuss it right here. Season two, we're going to talk about the Morbius movie. No, we're not. <laughs> Venom two, let there be carnage. Oh no, I'm going to be all because Vulture is going to be in Morbius. We'll have like a roundabout special about all of these or something. Oh my we'll, god, I, we'll I'm not going to fucking I'm not going to fucking watch those movies. I'll read the Wikipedia <laughs> synopsis. Yeah, there we go. Welcome to two guys with the same name talk about the Wikipedia synopsis of not Spider-Man movies. What? A, what? A, what? A, what? A, Marvel. Sony has like what? A, what are they calling it? The like the Sony the universe Marvel. of Marvel characters. Yeah, the sunk. The sunk. The sunk. <laughs> the sunk. It's yeah. the almost scum. They could have said the Sony. Oh, they could have done something. They could have called it the scum. <laughs> the suck. <laughs> But yes, we will we will be here whenever Spider-Man movies are made. We, yes. we will be here to talk about them. Uh I guess we can talk about this now. Next week, uh I'm gonna I'm kind of messing up my own outro thing. Uh next week we're gonna talk about Into the Spider-Verse. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know right now, as of the recording of this episode, we don't know whether or not we're going to do all, a separate episode of a, like a like an end of season recap, or if we're going to tack that onto the end of the end of the Spider Verse episode. Depends on how long that discussion goes. Mm-hmm. We will know by just about exactly this time next week. Yes. Uh, but we will. We're obviously once we're done with that movie, we'll have no other movies to talk about. Uh, and we're gonna just go into hiatus for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back. Maybe we'll. Maybe I'll come back with a new style of artwork. I have no clue. Uh, maybe I'll invert cool. the colors or something. I'm gonna definitely be. I'm using the rest of this year to focus on a personal creative project uh, musically that's been boiling for a little while, and I'm actually finally making headway on it. And I'm DMing my first ever RPG uh, starting in a couple weeks, so I've I've got no lack of of creative outlets here. That sounds great. I'll still be obviously working on school uh, stuff for my uh, degree, uh, and then doing shit on the internet like I always do. Uh, but we will, I promise you, dear listener, we will be back uh, oh, yeah. for Spider Man Three. We will be there, and for Into the Spider Verse Two when that comes out next year. Uh, we will be there. Uh, but yeah, that is it. Thank you so much for listening. If you've got a question or a comment that you want us to read on next week's episode, be sure to send it to us at our email address, spideysignalspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can shoot us a DM on our Twitter, at spideysignals. I made sure to turn on open DMs. Uh, <laughs> when, I, when, I first, when we first started doing the show, I did not do that. But I, I did that uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, next week, we're going to cover Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So until then, stay responsible. Uh, bye. What's up, danger? In the mind, in the mind, in the